TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome everybody, two guys at a mic show, back at you, 10 o'clock a.m. Central Time, we're like a, a bad dream, we pop up once every 24 hours, that's what we do here, we are a Sportus Interruptus, on the two guys at a mic show, TalkZone.com, thank you so much for joining us, a uh, not so beautiful day here in the fine city of Chicago, the big dog and the coach at your service, we'll be talking sports and more, big dog, let's uh, first of all welcome you into the show, and second of all, I do hope you have your winter jacket available because uh, temperatures are dropping rapidly, much like Michael Vick's quarterback rating after the Bears game. Thank you very much. How are you, Big Dog? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. And, and, Coach, you need to tough it up. I'm the one that has to walk like miles to the yeah. train station nah. and stuff like that. So. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm When it comes to cold weather, the older I get, the softer I get, Big Dog. I hate to admit it, but uh, my circulatory system is not what it used to be. I do not handle cold weather very well. I need to find a show out in San Diego or Florida. You got any ideas? Well, I'm with you. I don't want to go to Florida, to be quite honest with you. That's, they, got, they got that, like, wet heat. But uh, I'll be more than happy to go to uh, San Diego or mm-hmm. uh, Hawaii with you. I'm going All west. Right. I don't want to go east, Coach. All right. I'll head west with you, young man. Even if you're not a young man, I will head west with you. By the way, and I don't think David Olson, our producer, knows this, but uh, because we're still somewhat of a fledgling show here at thetalkzone.com, when it comes to bad weather, especially in the Chicago area, Big Dog, I'm not going to say we're your number one source for school closings, but we will on occasion have some school and local city and recreation department closings. You can tune in on the two guys at a mic show. And, uh, again, I don't know if you're our primary source, but we will do school closings on this show. That sounds good. So, like, uh, come May when it's uh, when it's 78 degree with a slight breeze and going to be sunny all day long, we're going to close schools for for the kids. That's part of what we do. Absolutely. Well, that's nice. Yeah, that's it's kind of fun. We, we create our own school closings. Remember last year, I think we uh, canceled school at a small Catholic school on the south side. I believe it was called Our Lady of a Thousand Positions. Yeah, uh, I, I do. I do like the way those schoolgirls dress. That take it easy. They haven't called us back since. But uh, no, you're while you're bad weather, Chicago area. Stick around. We'll give you some school closings. If there aren't any school closings, we'll close them up for you. That's what we do. We make them up here on the two guys in a mic show. Thanks again for joining us. Our phone number. If you want to join us in a more personal nature, you can do so. We encourage it. Talk some sports. You want to get off the sports page? We can do that too. Eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight triple eight four six three six seven. Four, eight. We got a little Big Ten ACC challenge, a little hoops coming at you, Big Dog. I know you're a big fan of that, and um, I don't think the Big Ten has ever won. Is there a chance that we might come out ahead we, this we year? We go through this. We go through this every year. The Big Ten won last year. They did. Okay. Yes, they won last year, Coach. Really? Yes. You think? It, and normally, I usually complain because it, it always cracks me up how like the guaranteed winners always end up like at Big Ten games, and the ones that are 50-50 always end up in ACC arenas. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and honestly, you know, you can I, I pay really close attention to this, and I actually have a memory that works. 
unlike unlike uh, Hugh. So and 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 I do. I'm very very temperamental about the Big Ten because I love that conference. Uh, it's not the problem this year. The Big Ten is going to win it. The Big Ten is they're going to win two years in a row. It's going to be a cakewalk this year. A cakewalk. So, so wow. The only thing I'm a little wow. worried about is uh, one of the games that the Big Ten should have won, uh-huh. they've already lost. Because Minnesota yes. beat Virginia last night, and yes. that was uh, Minnesota at that was one of those 50-50 games that was at a Big Ten arena, and mm-hmm. uh, Ralph Sampson's son didn't play all that well, and he plays for Minnesota and not Virginia, which is, is well, surprising, isn't it? I don't want to beg to differ with you, but I will beg to differ with you. I don't think it was a 50-50 game. It was about an 80-20 game. The Minnesota Golden Gophers. Should have won that. We're that playing right. well, well. You know, again, based on what we saw coming into it, now for uh, Virginia's a good ball club, no question yeah, about. They're, but they're Minnesota, decent. they're decent. Yeah, they're they're yeah. a top fifty club, and 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 Minnesota's a top twenty club. That's yeah, Minnesota, difference. maybe not in the start of the season, but they've been playing outstanding this year. They, I saw some rankings where they were even in the top ten. I don't know if that's AP or UPI, but a very good Minnesota team on a roll. And as you mentioned, Ralph Simpson, uh, Sampson Jr. One of the stars of that team, but uh, so not a good start for the Big Ten. That was a game, uh, certainly coming into it the way Minnesota was playing. You would have expected a victory, but they laid the golden egg, Big Dog, as the Big Ten has done so many times. Yeah, and Coach, I, I went to, to 57th and Woodlawn because yep. I was going to watch the game with uh, uh, Louis Farrakhan because his, his grandson was playing <laughs> in the game. They wouldn't let me in the house. <laughs> Come on. It was His guards on top of the house were like, no, 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 I don't think so. Yeah. And people think Joel's kidding, but Musharraf Farrakhan was playing basketball yesterday. What's that? Mustafa. Yeah, close enough. Well, listen, I'm not going to get his name wrong. They'll come down there and slap you around, Coach. No, 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 not a problem at all. You show the man some respect. You mispronounce his name. I'm not a worried. Not worried about a little slap around. If they bring four guys with uh, sunglasses and possibly and were, doing, and they wear those berets. Yes. So that they tilt off to the side. I, I, normally, that doesn't look tough. Yeah, we. <laughs> We got good security people here at thetalkzone.com, and I'm way back before before they get to me. They'll take care of assistant producer Randy Myers, producer David Olson. They may not have anything left when they get to me, so I feel somewhat, uh, somewhat comfortable here back in thetalkzone.com. But uh, 57th and Woodlawn, is that where you were hanging around yesterday? Yeah, that, that's where his house is at, Coach. Interesting. It's, it's a nice house, by the way. Interesting. I'm almost afraid to ask because one of our favorite segments, and it's on the docket for the day, the uh, quote-unquote where did the big dog sleep yesterday segment. And oh, I'm going to guess. So, what's that? Well, you are going to let somebody guess? Well, I was going to say, based on what you said, maybe you were at a famous person's house yesterday. No, luckily, I, I was I definitely not at a famous person's ah. house. I was in my bed last night, and oh, I was okay. extremely comfortable. Yeah, that takes all the fun out of where did the big dog sleep last night. If this segment is going to go anywhere, your social life better increase, my friend. Well, I, what, it, it wouldn't be any fun if I was always out, wouldn't it? No, always. I, but, you know, three out of the last four, we haven't had any, uh, you know, no jump start, no kick start, no adrenaline rush here. Everything was good coming up. And then we, we basically started the segment because of all of your misadventures. And now that we – maybe it's the pressure we're putting on you. Now that we have an actual segment set up, all of a sudden you become a shut-in. Well, I have I have no intention of sleeping in this house over the next four days. So. <laughs> so, and, and then I'm and then I'm gonna do somebody's taking me out for a little bit of fun on the next week. So if you, uh-huh. that really will be good next week is when I'm not here. Is where where do I sleep? I'll be more than happy to email you. Man that works as hard as you should definitely be taken out for a little bit of fun. You've been working way too hard, dog. 
I actually have been, believe it or not, normally you're just joking about that, but I really have been working, putting together a, a business proposal. And for most other people, that would be a lot of work. For me, it's it, it's an extreme amount of work because I, I really I don't read very well, Coach. I don't read none too good. Yeah. Yeah, and organization, and you got to be very, uh, uh, you know, not discreet, but very uh, detail-oriented, putting the business plan together. I remember when I started uh, my company, JC Sports and Tees, and my dad was a very successful businessman, and I was a couple years into it. And he would keep asking me, John, have you got a business plan yet? Have you developed a business plan? I don't, I don't even know how to create a business plan. My basic comment to him, Joel, was I'm too busy making money to come up with a business plan. I, I totally understand what you're talking about, Coach. And, yeah. and like, I'm not writing the business plan because, um, but we are just putting this proposal together because we, we have a multi-million now, multi-millionaires deciding whether or not they're going to give us money. Ah. So I do realize I do have to do that okay. part of it. So you have so. to cater to, to kowtow, whatever it takes to, uh, draw the confidence of those multi-millionaires so they can give you at least some of the multi of that millionaire for the project that you'd like to do. Yeah, and I figure if I'm going to go in there with a T-shirt and a baseball cap turned around, I might as well give them a laminated, uh, you know, business uh, proposal. That's and not going to work. I'm not kidding you because the last time I went in there, I was dressed up like in a suit and all that, and yep. they were like, the guy was like, you know, you didn't have to come in there. Like, so I'm just, I'm going to legitimately just come in mm-hmm. dressed up as a, as a T-shirt and a hat. I'm yeah, not so, kidding. Well, these are intelligent people. They're not going to be impressed by some little upstart wearing a sport coat and a tie and trying to impress them. They want to be uh, duly impressed by the meat and potatoes, not by the way they dress. So already, I like these guys, even if they are multimillionaires. Yeah, and they, they yeah. basically, they're going to give me work, just depending on if they're going to give me a, a long term. That's what I'm trying to say. So I don't bore anybody with that, but it's pretty yeah. exciting for me. Uh, right anybody now. that can help the big dog out with a business plan, maybe you've got some expertise in that particular area, you can email us at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. We will connect you up with the big dog. He can use all the help he can. Again, Mike2Guys, AOL.com. That's our email address. Any comments or uh, uh, self-help in the case of the big dog, feel free to contact us. M-I-C in the number two, by the way, Mike2Guys, AOL.com. Wish you the best of luck, big dog, and uh, uh, we wish the Big Ten the best of luck. It's always kind of fun to watch college basketball right here in Evanston, Illinois, about 20 minutes from the office. you got Georgia Tech, the Yellow Jacket, taking on Northwestern. And I yeah, think, that's um, a real important game for the Big Ten on that one. That's one that that's like one of the swing games. Northwestern has to win that game, Coach. And it's going to be interesting. Georgia Tech, by the way, their best player is from the Chicago area, Omar Schumper. Isn't it every year Georgia Tech's best players from the uh, Chicagoland area? I don't, know about, I don't know about every year, but they have a uh, Chicago connection. Yeah, they must. Uh-huh. Them, yeah, this it's correction of them. Arizona and Kansas State always have a couple players from Chicago on mm-hmm. their team. University of Illinois has got a big game tonight, 8.30. I think it's out in Carolina. They're taking on the Tar Heel of North Carolina. That's on they the road. They are in Champaign, Coach. Champ- wow. Yes. Champagne. Woo! Yes. Orange Crush should be going crazy. If they're back from uh, turkey break, I'm really hoping that they didn't have this game right in the middle of uh, – like, I don't know no. when their fall break no, is, they're so back. hopefully they're back. They're definitely back. The U of I fans will be out there. The Orange Crush crazies should be a great atmosphere. I don't know who the announcers are. Good chance it'll be Dickie Vitale or a Bill Rafferty, one of your uh, your ESPN favorites, all the atmosphere of college basketball. In North Carolina, big dog, uh, last year they had an off year. This year, despite all the great recruits they've got, are still struggling. It is not – the North Carolina we've known in recent years. No, no, and uh, I, I, Illinois has got a really good chance of winning this game. 
Yeah, they'll be favored, and I expect them to win tonight. I really do expect them to mm-hmm. win. Ohio State's going into Florida State. I expect Ohio State to win, and I expect Northwestern to beat Georgia Tech tonight. I, I do. I, they need to get out to a big lead in this series. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tomorrow, by the way, it all concludes, and you want to talk some college basketball with us, 888-463-6748, the ACC Big Ten Challenge. It concludes with uh, Michigan State, the one seed in the Big Ten, going up against Duke, the one seed in the ACC. That's tomorrow, I think, um, at 830. It would be kind of fun if it came down to that game, wouldn't it? If it was it, tied and that it, game was in this. I mean, oh, that, well, that would be kind of cool. I, I, well, it's... Um... Yeah, well, I, hopefully, hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully, uh, the Big Ten's up by enough. But I, I'm a little worried now that Virginia beat Minnesota. Yeah, you're sounding you're, you're sounding pretty confident for a guy. I mean, the ACC. I was I forgot that the Big Ten actually broke the long streak last year. But you you sound like a guy. You sound like it's the Big Ten against the uh, MAC, the MAC conference. This is the ACC we're playing. They've dominated this. You're making it sound like it's a walk in the park almost for the Big Ten. It's not like they dominated. They won 6-5 like four years in a row. I don't know It was always, always one game. Yeah, it was, Coach. Mm. Yeah, coach, I pay attention to this stuff. I do, legitimately, too. Year in and year out, it seems like whenever the surefire games always are in the Big Ten and the close ones were always in the ACC. It's Because uh, ESPN does this, by the way. ESPN is the one who puts the whole schedule together. Uh-huh. So... Uh, and obviously, if you know it's the Big Ten uh, and the ACC, ESPN is definitely leaning towards the ACC. So mm-hmm. if it was the Big Ten, Big 12 challenge, there'd be no issue. would be zero. So, All right. We'll see. I think it'll be interesting to watch Illinois, North Carolina tonight. I'm uh, particularly interested to see how the Fighting Illini team, which uh, certainly has all the parts, Big Doug, are all the parts going to fit together? Very talented parts, but can they – come together and play together. I think it's going to be interesting, a good test for them tonight. I still worry about the uh, quote-unquote, sounds cliche, but worry about the chemistry of this particular team. Hopefully my worries will be uh, abated tonight. I I couldn't agree more with you, Coach. This team, the way you said they have all the parts, Yeah, they have a fine engine, they got the tires, they got a nice frame, but but does this this team have the oil? You know what I mean? Does it have the ability to to play smoothly? Mm -hmm. Because they're Demetri McCamey could could possibly be the most talented player in the country in terms of skill. But my goodness, I mean, like Bruce Weber corrects him on one possession and he freaks out like a little baby and freaks. You know, grow up, okay? He's your coach. Listen to him. You know, he turns the ball over a couple times in a row. If, if Bruce Weber corrects him on anything, you know, mm-hmm. he sits on the bench and pouts the rest of the game. Yeah. So like that has to end. Uh, legitimately, the guy has a million dollar body and a ten cent brain. So. <laughs> Oh, hopefully no members of the McCamey family listen to uh, today's particular no, show. I hope they are. I hope they are. And just remind, remind the kid that uh, he could end up being an NBA player if he ever just deals with criticism in, in tough situations every once in a while. Mm-hmm. You so. know, speaking of that, I watched the Northwestern team play um, their most recent game. Went to the game on Sunday. Watched them play a pretty good Creighton team. It was a nice victory for them. But, you know, Bill Carmody, their head coach, it's an interesting quandary because I love the way he coaches his team in practice, and what they do on the court. I enjoy that offense. I think it's extremely well coached. He's an underrated defensive coach. But, big but here, his sideline demeanor is a complete turnoff to A, and much less importantly to the fans, and B, I would think to uh, teenage players across America who might be thinking about going to Northwestern. He just does not have a good 
courtside demeanor. He's always complain. Every mistake a player makes, you know, he's like, you know, making big body motions and the face disgusted. And when the guy comes to the bench, everything's kind of negative. He's kind of whiny out there again. I think he's a real good coach and I love what they do on the court. But a coach's sideline demeanor, big dog, it can have an effect on the players. And don't you forget the uh, recruits are watching. I, I- they're watching on TV, and they're debating which coach they want to play with, and that demeanor can turn off some recruits. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. If you think about it, you know, Bob Knight was the same way. But Indiana was like a destination school. And fathers were like, hey, you're going to Indiana. If, if, if Bob Knight asks you to play, you're going there. And also, you know, the fact that they won, so players just dealt with it. It's a little different at Northwestern. It's a lot different at Northwestern. It's not a destination school, so kids could be turned off by it because mm-hmm. they're like, "Hey, I don't, I don't want to go, I don't want to go six and eleven in conference, you know, and play five hundred basketball for the season and and get yelled at all the time by my coach." Mm-hmm. That's a good point, coach. Yeah, point. and I would argue Bob Knight was a little bit different. Yes, intimidating. Yes, he could be negative, but uh, he wasn't whiny. There was a or as much as you didn't like him, possibly there was an aura of. Um, I use the word charisma. Uh, there, or maybe I just, there was an aura about Bob Knight. There's not an aura around Bill Carmody. He comes off as kind of whiny on the sidelines. How much do you think uh, athletic directors talk to the coaches? How much do you think current Division One coaches, football or basketball, are aware of that fact that they're on the camera a lot and that kids could be watching them? Do you think uh, they almost hey, have uh- to coach themselves? A lot, a lot. Who's ever the AD for Nebraska made it a point to tell Bo Pelini to, yep. to quit poking his finger into the chest of a quarterback if he makes a couple of mistakes on a game. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's like, he admitted he was like, listen, I'm going to talk to Bo Pelini about this, and if he does this again, it'll be on me. Is basically what the AD said. Was like, I'm, I'm basically telling him he's going to get fired if he continues to act that way on the sideline. Mm-hmm. So now that was a little different. That isn't whiny and and looking weak. It was uh, the fact that he was upset that Bo Pelini looked intolerant and like a psycho. <laughs> it was, you know, a little different than you know somebody looking whiny. I wonder if coaches and other busy, but do they ever watch back a tape of a game and just observe and, and analyze how they look? They probably hear it from some third parties, and one of those third parties might be their wife. Well, that would be you would hope. Yeah. You would hope. Yeah, but uh, that's you know, like uh, you know, then the, the almost. Sometimes, depending on the relationship with the wife, that won't help whatsoever to hear it from the wife. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. there's something else you're going to nag at me about? Yeah. You know, nag the fact that I make $1.5 million a year. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it all depends on the wife. Because there's some guys that if the wife said it, you'd be like, oh, okay, babe, maybe I should change up. Yeah. And other guys, that's the last thing you'd want is the wife putting some input in on their demeanor on the sidelines during the game. Mm-hmm. So. And even in healthy relationships I'm talking about. So. I'll tell you another thing that I think turns off uh, talking about coaching here, and particularly at Division One basketball, um, that I think is a little bit of a turnoff to kids today, and that is the coaches that take every possession so intensely. You know, they're standing up like you can just see their body is just wrought with tension, and they're, you know, yelling at their players in the defense and offense. Every possession, you know, relax. Sit back. Watch the game a little bit. Get up at times and coach the team, but uh, just ease up a little bit. I, I just think that's an observation that today's kids uh, buy into a little bit. Do you know who's awesome at that is Tom Izzo. 
Tom Izzo relaxes throughout the game. He really does. I mean, he's coaching them up, and Michigan State always plays with intensity, mm-hmm. and they play smart basketball. They rebound, defend. Mm-hmm. And, and I swear to you, he always seems – you know, he'll sit down you know, during the game and he'll yell from the bench. You know, it's it's. I think Tom Izzo is in the Big Ten is the best at that. Without a doubt, the best mm-hmm. at that. Tubby Smith is really good at that too, Coach. Yeah, Tubby not, Smith's not, got – he's got like good – Not putting – too much emphasis on every single yes. possession. You yeah. know, so. I'll tell you, a guy who's really bad on that and really bugs me is Indiana's Tom Crean. It's like, relax. Oh, I, I, he's pacing right. up and down. He's down on the baseline when his you know, team's on defense, the near half court with an offense. Like, just relax, Tommy. Let, let the players play. You coached him in practice. Certainly going to be times during the game when you get up and you fire up a little bit and get emotional, but uh, you know, not, not every single possession. Bruce Weber of Illinois has that problem. Mike Krzyzewski. Yeah, Mike Krzyzewski of Duke, I think. Very intense, very into it. He and his uh, 16 assistant coaches he has on the bench. But he's not up, you know, life and death on every possession. I think kids buy into that a little bit more. You know what is the funny thing? So you're 100% right, and you never see him embarrass kids on the sidelines. Yep. Yet from what I understand, a Duke practice is like you're going into – he's a Bear Bryant coach. He, he does not let up. It's nonsense stop in practice mm-hmm. and in the game he lets them play he's, he's like by then these kids are coached there's no reason yep. he's like i can't i can't coach him up during the game mm-hmm. they don't know by then they won't know already he's basically Krzyzewski's philosophy coach he's the perfect example of that because during during practice he's a little napoleon he even puts his hand inside of his jacket <laughs> jim Beheim of syracuse another guy who's like that maybe it's just when you're really successful you don't have to live and die with each possession. Maybe it's those up and coming coaches that uh, have to fight a little bit harder. Anyways, it's an interesting. It's interesting to uh, not only watch the game but observe the coaches as well. Can Who's be, the greatest coach in the history of the universe? You're asking me. Yeah, Johnny Wooden. That he's my coach too. And uh, how did he act in between possessions? As calm as he could be. Sit down, roll yep. up the program. Yep. Cross his legs and watch his yep. team play basketball. And then during timeouts, he'd be like, you need to do this, 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 and this. Yep. He'd sit his butt down, cross his legs, and watch his team go out there and win 90% of the time. So, yeah, that, that's, you know what? If you're yelling during the game, you didn't do enough during practice. Mm-hmm. And that was somebody, somebody told that to John Wooden one day, and he lived with that the rest of his life. And I'll hear coaches nowadays that, that live that philosophy that you're talking about, coaches, they'll say, yeah, John Wooden told me that. That's mm-hmm. why I don't act like an idiot. So. Yeah, it's, if you're going to be a young coach and follow some advice, follow an example. Johnny Wooden's a pretty good one to do that. Big Dog, I know you and me have both written a couple of – written. We've read a couple of books by Johnny Wooden, absolutely inspirational. Uh, right, it big, doesn't matter what sport. It doesn't matter what job. If you are in management yep. and you want to get the most out of your sales force, read the John Wooden books legitimately about just how to just be just how to be it's it's incredible yeah the lessons apply as, as so many lessons do in sports one of the wonderful things i love about sports and love about coaching is the lessons uh, that you can learn in sports transcend the court the field how to throw a ball how to catch the ball how to shoot a ball there are so many great life lessons you can learn through sports we're getting a little uh, philosophical here but it's absolutely true we should stay philosophical you know because the man lived that way off the court Court. I remember one day I was at a, in a sales force. I was doing pretty well with this job, and they'd always give us these new books to read. And every time they would give us these books, my brother would have already read them, and he would tell me. Well, I remember one. It was the name of it was "All You Can Do Is All You Can Do, and All You Can Do Is Enough." That was the name of the book. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
And I'm reading this, and I'm like, wow, this is a really good book. And then my brother's like, do you know that he embezzled money from the from the company that he worked for? Do you know that uh, everybody that he sold stuff to was basically a lie? And I'm like, uh-huh. what? what? I came back and told this to the person who gave me the book. She never gave us books again to read. Because every time she would give them to somebody, my brother would tell me about how the guy did not live his life the way he wrote that book. Uh, I'm like, Johnny Wooden, Coach. Please. I, ho- I hope there's no controversy about Johnny Wooden. That would there, really- there's never controversy. Yep. The, the, never. Ever. Clean as a whistle. The controversy about John Wooden, honestly, Coach, was the fact that there was a couple UCLA players getting paid by yep. alumni yep. and boosters mm-hmm. while John Wooden was there. And John Wooden didn't know about it. And every single, even that booster was like, yeah, I paid those guys and made sure mm-hmm. Coach didn't know about it. And when Coach even got in like a hint of it, he made sure those players were never around those people again. Mm-hmm. Only controversy ever in his whole life. Clean as a whistle, no question about it. We might add uh, arguably one of the great marriages, great love affairs uh of all time, Johnny Wooden and his high school sweetheart, Nell, who were together for, I think, some 60-odd years, right? Big deal, wonderful Even marriage. more than that, Coach, because, uh, well, she died in 1984. Yep. So, yeah, you're right. It was 60-odd years, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even, like, once a month, on the 17th of the month, he would write a love letter to her uh, for 15 years after her death. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's such a, I mean, really, it's, it's I don't know. I don't know we're getting enough on the, the John Wooden thing, but it's, yep. we start talking coaches. More people, more coaches need to act like him. Yeah, yeah. People think of uh, you know Vince Lombardi, Newt Rockney, Johnny Wood is the best ever, if you count everything included. Um, right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk a little NFL football, but make sure you tune in tonight. Folks should be entertaining. And tomorrow, ACC Big Ten Challenge, college basketball, starting to heat up a little bit. It's not midseason yet, not conference play, but we're starting to kick it into high gear. We will review some of the uh, weekend's NFL football games. Some new news and notes have come out today. Big Dog, we'll talk about that. The Bears still celebrating their victory over the Philadelphia Eagles, and it's been a while. It has been a while, but I am going to add yet another thing. I know you look forward to this, to the coaches hit list. Discovered it this weekend. Nothing major, but that's the gist of the coaches hit list. Things that need to be eliminated. We'll add one to the list a little bit later. 888-463-674. It will take a quick break back in a minute. NFL round them up, wrap them up football talk. Lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski, on TalkZone.com. Little NFL football uh, last night, big dog, Monday night football. A lot of people criticizing the game, saying nobody's going to be watching. They were probably right, but, uh, you know, you can watch more football than just New England every time or Pittsburgh Steelers or the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, I think it's good for the fans out there to get a taste of different teams. The Giants, or not the Giants, the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Arizona Cardinals. The 49ers, big dog. One game out of first place. They easily beat Arizona last night. Michael Singletary has turned around the ball club, as he said he would. 
don't forget when they were one and six, coach. Yep. When they were one and six, and they put Troy Smith in as the quarterback, I predicted they would win that conference. Mm-hmm. And I division, division. Yeah, so. and, and I, I don't know if I was quite as strong as you, but I, I said, you know what, I wouldn't doubt it either. Partly because you look at the NFC Western division, and to call it weak is a compliment. Yes, that's that's a good way to put it, Coach. Saint, Saint, we don't have to sit here and bash people, but wow. my goodness, is that a, that's one of the worst divisions in the history of football. <laughs> Without bashing them, right? St. Yeah, Louis but, Rams and Seattle leading at a 5-6. and six. The Rams have actually played some decent football. Seattle just has fallen apart, at least of late, but they're still, believe it or not, tied for first. The 49ers, 4-7, and seven, one game back. They're the hottest team right now. If you were the betting favorite, I think I'd take the San Francisco 49ers. I haven't checked out all the schedules yet, but they might be the favorite. Yeah, hey, Coach, and I'm really hoping that there's uh, they're all 6-10 and 10 when, the, when the year's done. Have you checked I, I, out your four-team 6-10 and 10 tiebreaker? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. It's, it's, it's going to be ugly. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I, I am, Coach, for the, the simple fact is, is this, is there should not be eight four team divisions in the NFL. It is goofy. I do not like it whatsoever. There should be four eight team divisions and it, it would make the game a lot better. And then then you really would get the best teams in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Simple fact is there's gonna be a team like the Buccaneers or the Bears or the Packers or the Falcons. Well not the Falcons I'm pretty sure are gonna make it or the Saints or the Giants or the Eagles that aren't gonna make the playoffs and somebody like the forty ers or the Seahawks or the Rams are. I want to eliminate the Cardinals, if you don't mind, Coach. I've done that already. The Cardinals are done. They don't think they have a chance. So it's just, I just wish there was four eight-team divisions, and all of a sudden winning a division again would mean something. I mean, if the Bears win the NFC North this year, I mean, it's, oh, that saves Lovey Smith's job. Lovey Smith should only have a job saving if he's coaching well. Winning a four-team division should have nothing to do with it. It's, it's That's the only thing I don't like about the NFL is mm-hmm. four-team divisions. And you automatically go to the playoffs if you win it. That's so cheesy. It means nothing. Yeah. I mean, did you buy your NFC North Championship T-shirt back in 2005, <laughs> Coach? Uh, no. Okay, I, I can see the 2006 NFC champion. Yeah. I understand wanting to buy that, but a, a division championship T-shirt will never mm-hmm. be worn by me unless it's a joke. But legitimately wearing it as a joke. Your point is if you had the eight-team divisions, then... Even if you bottomed out in the playoffs, winning the regular season championship of an eight-team division, there there's some definite pride and notoriety with that. Absolutely, okay. absolutely. And back when the the baseball had four-team divisions, yep. I know they used to have just two leagues, and then when they split up the four teams, you know, like in '84, a lot of a lot of Cup fans were like, you know what? I know they choked in the playoffs. Landrum let the ball go through his legs, but it was a great season. They won a division, you know, and they were happy about it. Now with six teams, fifty percent more, it really waters it down. If the Cubs win a division, this doesn't mean anything to anybody anymore. Where did you go in the playoffs? Did you win the National League? Did you get to the World Series? Yeah, you know, and and I don't blame people. I don't blame people. And if you go back to the four team leagues again, all of a sudden, you know. We we talk about it, coach, because we understand the fact that uh, regular season championships do mean something. It isn't always just what you did in the playoffs. You know, you could have a great season and, and not win the win the league. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess like if uh, depends on like who you are. Like if you're not the if you're the Miami Heat, you have to win the NBA championship or you had a bad season because you painted that picture of a season onto you. The St. Louis Rams this year. You know, if they go 8-8, eight and eight, even if they don't win their division, or if they do win their division, they had a great year because that team was, what, won three games? They've won nine games over the last three years? 
But uh, I, I just I, I wish we can get back to the importance of what the regular season actually means. Want to talk some NFL football with the big dog? 888-463-6748. Any of the games from the weekend? Uh, we call Tuesdays Residue Tuesday here on the two, two Guys in a Mic show. Pick up some of the residue from the weekend. One-hour show, a lot of stories we don't get into. Big Dog, via the uh, emails, I can see you've criticized two of our fan bases out there. One, uh, the fine folks in Arizona not happy with you for writing off their Arizona Cardinal. I can't blame you for that one. They, well, they shouldn't be uh, unhappy with me because yeah. none of the rest of their games are sold out and none of them will. Yeah. By the way, uh, have fun watching no NFL football the rest of the season, <laughs> people in Arizona. <laughs> now you've even angered them more. That one I can almost agree with you with. Now, the other one I, I'm going to agree with the callers. Or the emailers, the folks in Atlanta, not happy with you. You rather subtly and under your breath say, well, maybe we shouldn't count Atlanta one of those bubble teams. They should be in the playoffs for sure. When in fact, the Atlanta Falcons right now, if you listen to the experts, are the maybe best team in the world. The, well, I don't know about the world, but they're the best team in the NFC and maybe the favorite to go to the Super Bowl. So yeah, I don't are. know if you want to apologize to our Atlanta fans, but there's some guy named Hank not happy with you. Well, but the point of the matter is that Atlanta hasn't clinched it yet, and the reason why they haven't clinched it yet is because one of those division spots are going to go to San Francisco or St. Louis or Seattle. But, yeah, Atlanta is the best team in the NFC so far, Coach. Through 11 games, I would definitely tip my hat to them. And then, you know, if you think about it, I mean, it's either the Bears or the or maybe the the Saints. I'm not exactly sure who the second team is, but yeah, it's it's the uh, the Falcons are good, coach. They do it the way I like football being done. You know, they they have extremely high passing efficiency and they run the heck out of the ball. They mm-hmm. run the heck out and they stop the run. So Atlanta is definitely the favorite in the NFC right now. I, I have to agree with that. Atlanta Hank just uh, quickly emailed in and said uh, thank you, Joe, for the uh, reprisal. So he feels much better now. I don't know if Hank is related to Hangem Low Harry, but. Uh, the two of them seem to be on your tail, big dog. By the way, ha- uh, luck- luckily I'll keep on out running them. It's hard to catch me when they're in a pickup truck. Hang them low. Harry emailed in and said, tell Joel to just don't touch my junk. I will not touch his junk. It's yeah. a promise. And if I do, it was a complete accident. Quit wearing the kilt for searches. No question about it. 888-463-6748. The phone number, Big Dog and a Coach, right here in Chicago. We're still celebrating a bear victory over Philadelphia. Big Dog, you've had uh, over 24 hours now to uh, let, uh, let the pot simmer a little bit, let the fine wine uh, the aftertaste, the second taste, if you will, some thoughts on the Bears game. How good are our beloved Chicago Bears? Well, uh, one of the top defenses in the NFL. They're the best special teams in the NFL. And it all comes down to, to Steve Young, I thought, put it really, really well last night. And I also want to remind everybody, let's, let's keep this a quiet. Let's keep this as quiet as possible. Let's keep on having everybody bash this team. And all year long, I said they are going to make the playoffs, Coach. I did predict they would go 11-5. and five. Do you remember this? First week of the season. Yep. Okay. Um, I, they're as good as is they allow Jay Cutler to play. So if they keep on protecting him like they did all but for the, 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 those two series in the middle of the second quarter where he got punished, uh, I, they, they're going to win some games because, you know, he had time to throw. They were, they, were, they were doing exactly what you like. They were getting a lot of passes 15 yards down the field. Uh, that, that's good stuff, Coach. And if they run the ball, they'll get play action, and they don't have to worry about Jay Cutler turning the ball and giving it to the other teams. Mm-hmm. And if you have the best defense in the league if you have the best special teams in the league sometimes your offense just needs to go for the ride and do what it takes for your team to win 
ball yeah. games. And you know what that means, coaches? They could go deep in the playoffs. And Steve Young said this straight up right now. The Bears are the Super Bowl favorites to be champions this year if wow. Jay Cutler does not turn the ball over. And he's like, it's yeah. on you, Jay Cutler. Yeah. He's like, you don't have to do – You don't. he's like, there's only going to be a few times in the game you have to make plays, and on those times mm-hmm. you have to make them. But other than that, do not force anything, and the Bears will win the Super Bowl. It was what he said last night on on, uh, yeah. on Monday NFL countdown. I and am... I was like, no, Steve, don't say it, please. Just shut up. Don't well, say I don't know like if the that. Bears are the favorite. I do agree with this analysis on the Bears. You can break down all the other stuff. And the other facets of the game are important. It still comes down to Jay Cutler not throwing interceptions. And I am far from convinced he's over that bad habit. Even when he does get the blocking, he can still make some bad decisions. Now, yesterday's game was fine. If you look back to the tape of last week's game, where his quarterback rating was very good, I don't think he had any turnovers. If you watch, there were three or four that could have been picked off, same yeah. thing the week before. So his yeah, ability was- not to throw interceptions is a key. Was there any in the? You're exactly right about that. Was there any in the Eagles game, Coach? I I don't. No. I, yeah, I don't remember any any drop balls yep. in the Eagles game. Just yep. wonder. Okay. Yeah. No, a couple of missed throws by him, but uh, and there was not even any near interceptions. By the way, speaking of near interceptions, that last pass by Michael Vick for the oh touchdown. My. That there's wild plays, big dog. That was a wild play! Exclamation! He put it inside of three bare defenders. Unbelievable pass. Good catch. But it was a phenomenal pass. I'm glad you brought that up because, okay, with the new rules in the NFL, a lot of defenders are are are, are like they, they don't want to lead with the helmet, on, and you should not lead with the helmet. But Chris Harris thoroughly pulled up on that play. He's got to learn. You can still hit people, just hit with your chest. Because if you watch it next time you see that play, which you will again, it was an amazing throw. Watch Chris Harris pull up right before he could have hit Brent Selleck. And hopefully the coach, and they didn't lose the game, so I'm going to get all freaking crazy about it. But there's going to be a playoff game that the Bears aren't going to be able to like have a big lead late and just hold on. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to run through somebody and do it the way a football player is supposed to, by exploding through somebody with your with your clavicles and hitting them with the middle of your chest and and, and knocking the playoff and not having to make helmet-to-helmet contact. I, I think like players are walking that fine line, coach, they're like they're so used to just leading with the helmet and, and drilling people that they don't realize that there's other ways that you can make an explosive hit on somebody. His arm should have been into Selleck's chest ripping that ball out. Instead, he pulled up totally at the end. I don't understand why he did. Mm-hmm. So well, There's always the old-fashioned way, too. There were two or three guys around the football. You can simply stick your hand out there and deflect the ball away, well, too. Well, the, the problem was is, that's the, it's a two-deep coverage, and you have the tight end flying up the middle of the field. And... Who gets the coverage on that? It's the inside linebacker, Brian Erlacher. So he has to run with the tight end as he goes up the field. His back's to the ball. Brian Erlacher is not fast enough to backpedal. Yeah, but Erlacher was not one of the three guys around the football. Uh, coach, yes, he was. And as a matter of fact, if you watch the play again, Brian Erlacher's hand goes up, mm-hmm. and the ball goes right past Brian Erlacher's hand as his back is to Michael Vick. Yeah. And it's too deep. So if Brian Erlacher and the, and the tight end was right up the center of the field, and somebody who played inside linebacker, if Brian Erlacher wasn't the one chasing the tight end on that play, and he was, by the way, he should be benched because that's one thing you cannot miss because nobody mm-hmm. covers the tight end on that play besides yeah, the middle. And, again, the coverage, what made the play so phenomenal was the coverage was actually pretty decent. It was just an incredible pass. I mean, I was at the game. All the fans were like, uh, and that was fourth down. So if it's incomplete, game over, celebration time, and it was like just stunned silence. We still felt pretty confident about winning the game, but it was like, wow. 
how did that play get in there? And again, there were Bear defenders right around him, but uh, showing some of the brilliance of Michael Vick. At any rate, the Bears win that ball game big. Any other uh, thoughts from the weekend? That was big dog. New England Patriots looked awful good on Thursday. The Saints looked awful good on Thanksgiving Day. Those are your two powerhouse teams. But uh, any other teams looking good to you as we start to head near the stretch of the NFL season? Uh, yeah, you know, it's just in general, like two, three weeks ago, it was like anybody could beat anybody. But now that some teams are starting to lose games and some yeah. teams are starting to win, it's almost like teams that uh, that were losing early are like, okay, well, this season's done for us. We're going to start losing. So now we're finally starting to get a little separation in teams, mm-hmm. um, unlike like around week eight, where it seemed like anybody could win and anybody could lose. And, uh, again, the, this is one of the best two-win teams I've ever seen is the Buffalo Bills who figure out a way to blow a game late. That, that Steve Johnson guy, did you see he blamed God yesterday in the tweet? That was really weird. Really blamed weird. God via for tweet for the, the for the fans not aware of it. Uh, well, first of all, he dropped in overtime a fairly easy catch that would have been the touchdown. Really, a tough moment for him. But he tweeted what later in the day, Big Dog? Why did you do this to me, God? I'll never forgive you for this. All this with a lot of uh, ex, <laughs> with a lot of X uh, four letter words and and um, Blanked out letters on the tweet. I don't know. Are you allowed to swear on tweet? I guess you are. Yeah, yeah of you? course you are. Of yeah. course you are. I, I'm just, uh, you know, I, I'm just not sure how God's going to feel about it. I'm sure she's going to yeah. be really upset. Yeah, that was that was weird. That's the best you could. Somebody needs to be watching over Bills receiver Steve Johnson the next couple of days. You know, uh, every single team should have. If you if you're like an NBA player, you should have like somebody. They like should have someone in the organization. I mean, some of these people get paid to do nothing, anyways. But you need to pay somebody like twenty-four grand a year to uh, to just like read the tweets of these players and make sure whether or not they should go out or not. So you, they they go tweeted right through the the central computer of the of the of the team. Mm-hmm. You read it, and then the guy calls up Steve Johnson. Are you really sure you want this particular tweet to go out yeah. where you're yeah. you're MF and God about yeah. dropping a ball? You know what I would. <laughs> It sounds a little silly, but I think that's probably coming sooner than later. Yeah, think about it, the Bills. You know, they spent twenty four grand on that. And all of a sudden, they get nothing but good tweets. You know, so yeah. this tweet and stuff—you just never know what you're going to get. I mean, this. Get, I mean, it's what I, I love it actually because you never know what somebody. Well, it's, it's, a, it's there forever. There's a digital imprint forever of what this guy has said, and it's impulsive, right? I mean, you could, you know, there, like you said, there's no filter. Yeah, and you can type it up say, there. I was misquoted. I was, I, was, I was mistweeted. I didn't mean to tweet that. Oh, then mm-hmm. why did you hit send yeah. on your phone? On a much more serious note, uh, certainly than Steve Johnson's tweets, David Olson, I know you're our uh, political pundit here. You follow the scene. The uh, Wikipedia leaks. Not exactly yeah, tweets, but Wiki, WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks. Yes. Now, who... Explain what's going on, David. I've, I've been really busy the last 24 hours, so I didn't see what happened. Two guys in a mic, political correspondent David Olson. I got to look up the gentleman's name, but um, it's a website that he set up that he publishes government secrets that were obtained by government employees. Uh, and there's nothing really damaging or incriminating coming up, but it's a lot of interesting things. Okay, so it's not like uh, they're not they're not giving you like the code how to get into that mountain. In it's it's nothing that severe, but it, but it is military intelligence. Yeah. And, and things that world leaders say in private meetings that ideally don't want to get out. One of which, I guess, is a fair amount of the uh, Middle East countries' leaders 
have come to the United States fairly uh, strongly, big dog, encouraging them us to, quote unquote, stop Iran's nuclear buildup. So that's one of the things that anybody that's... in the world. I mean, I think somebody from Brussels actually showed up and actually asked us to do that. Mm-hmm. But why don't we point the Why don't we point the finger back at them? Be like, could you help us out a little yeah, bit? That, that's, you know, that's the whole key. The United States cannot be. It's got to be a collective effort. That's where we get in trouble when it's like America leading the effort. If it's the United Nations effort all together, but when they look at it as the United States, that's when we run into problems. Completely agree with you. Can't we have like? King Hussein of Jordan, is he still running the place over there? Mm-hmm. King Hussein? When you have him and all his buddies be like, hey, all of us here in the Middle East want you to quit uh, developing yes. uh, nuclear weapons. Oh, and by the way, we got the big bully behind us. Yep. And, he, and, uh, and if that's Uncle Sam. Okay, so you know, mm-hmm. that, I would, I'd have no problem with that. Much more effective, I would agree with you. Uh-huh. I don't because know. when we do it, all of a sudden it's a bunch of uh, yep. you know Christians trying to rule the world. Yep, yep. Well, one of the ways they're going to be going after Iran is by cutting off their gasoline. Uh, because although they have oil in the ground, they don't have the refineries to make the gas. So that looks like uh, the direction things are headed. Really? Who, yeah. refines, their, who refines it for them? Uh, I, I said other countries. Other countries. Wow. That's funny. How can you make that much money off of oil and not have a refinery? It's amazing, isn't it? Well, I guess if you're too worried about making nuclear bombs, you don't make stuff like oil refineries. It's because you know, they only have so much, uh, so many educated people that are like engineers and stuff. See, there you go. I, if you if you're more worried about winning wars and, and overthrowing people, then you don't do stuff simple stuff like make oil refineries. Yeah, the, the citizenry of Iran needs to stand up, my friend. As do they do in North Korea as well. Well, they they try to in Iran, and every single time they do it, yep. it's uh, you know it's funny because like when people uh, like do revolt or stand up for themselves in in China, we always hear about it. You very rarely hear about it when it happens in Iran and North Korea, but believe it or not, coach, they actually do it there too. But for some reason, we very soundly hear about it. Mm-hmm. So, well, the media is uh, very easily controlled there, and I will say, protests and standing up to uh, dictatorships just aren't what they used to be, big dog. Not nearly as effective. You would think with the Internet it would be. Oh, yeah. It'll get there. Technology will be the downfall of, um, and I mean that in all true sincerity, technology will be the downfall of these dictatorships. Because eventually, and it's happening sooner than later, the people there are going to find out what is going on. And the more they become aware, the more there will be an uprising. And uh, you and me will be there to cover it, Big Doe, when there is an uprising. Trust me. You know, I'm all up for it. And, and I meant it when I said it to you, Coach, that if, you, if you're if you willing to send Robert and me to uh, to Iraq for like a month, mm-hmm. we will do. We'll get some. Unbel- we, Coach, you can end up being the executive producer of like the next great. Interesting. Uh, uh, the next great uh, television show or movie. I'm not kidding. Have you, you could, I would just get in there. I would get in with with the troops, interview them. Actually, yeah, I'll put on one of them Kevlar helmets and, and cups and and, uh, and vests. Definitely wearing the Kevlar cup, Coach. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even leave my own house with that, let alone going to Iraq without yeah. one. So I, I'm willing to do it, and so is he. We talked about it. We would actually do it for a month. I like the concept. Have you priced it out? What kind of uh, – it would be good publicity for the two guys at a mic show, too, assuming you actually made it back home. Um, have you priced it out yet? And What kind of expenses? I hope you're not staying in a four-star hotel. 
I well, can't no, afford that. We wouldn't stay in a host spot. We would be going. We'd be with the troops, coach. That's ah, the thing. We'd nice. be sleeping on the tents. See, I like so we that. figured out the actual cost of it's going to be about one point five million dollars, and it's going to be about fifty thousand dollars in travel costs and food, and then it's going to be each one of us seven hundred thousand dollars for insurance on a five hundred thousand dollar insurance bill, <laughs> a life insurance. So basically, it's, it's about a ninety eight percent chance that one of us ain't coming back. Right. And it's going to be Robert, not me, because trust me, if the, the bullet starts flying, I'm grabbing him. I'm going to yeah. hold him up in front of me. Yeah, the little bit I know of the Rain Man, uh, if I had to pick between the two of you, the Rain Man's uh, relatives better say a nice goodbye to him when he does leave. But uh, <laughs> well, it's, it's possible. We'll consider, I, I think that might be a, uh, again, great way of getting publicity and a good, a good building and learning experience for you, Big Dog. No, Coach, I'm not kidding. I actually would do it. I would love to do that. Love to do it. Mm-hmm. In about a year or so, I don't know if I would do it. But right about now, I think I... I wouldn't mind going there and just so you'd be that talking crazy. to the troops and getting a really, really, really good show out of it. You'd be that reporter, like on the front lines where the guns are going off. We can see people being killed in the background. He's giving live reports. I always wondered about that guy. But that guy could be you. You know what? I, it's funny. You can tell whether or not, because I'm saying I would do it, and I'm 99% sure I'd be able to do it, mm-hmm. but I really don't know. But then again, I'm, I'm, I'm honest. I'm, I'm not trying to act like a tough guy or anything. When the first war happened in the Gulf back in uh, in January 1991, yep. I actually felt, how, how can I say, I felt guilty that I wasn't with some of my friends because I could have been fighting at that time. I, was guilt, I felt guilty that I was not there with the other U.S. troops and some of my friends who were there. Mm-hmm. And then when it happened again in, uh, in March of 2003, I still felt a little tinge of guilt that I was an able-bodied American male. And I, w- I was happy I wasn't there at that time. The first time, I actually felt guilty and was like, I should be there because we were supposed to be. Second time, I, I didn't have that, oh, we're supposed to be there guilt. You know, but I did feel guilty that I wasn't there how with close, other Americans. The first time, how close did you ever get to uh, heading down to a military uh, enrollment office? Uh, not very close because I would look down at my football uniform and realize that I was getting most of my school paid for to run into other human beings at full speed, and I was in a really <laughs> solid education. Yeah. But seriously, Coach, I, I I still felt guilty about it. I, I didn't come close. I really did not come close. But if it would have been the day after I graduated and that all that would have happened, I think I may have enlisted. I'm not kidding you. I think I may have. But it was it was my love of football that kept me out of and That's why I've actually used this story when we were talking about uh, – uh, one of the greatest Americans of the last hundred years, Pat Tillman, who decides to give up a three and a half million dollar a year contract of playing football yep. in order to go fight uh, in Afghanistan back in uh, in 2002. And I was thinking, you know, I wouldn't even leave playing football for free because I loved football so much. So when Pat Tillman did that, I was just I was in awe of the man. Yep. And we're all we all owe a debt uh, to him and everybody else like him, not just mm-hmm. people that. Gave up football, but just gave up their everyday life to go fight for no it. No question about it. That made-for-TV movie, which I did not see. Uh, actually, it was in the movie theaters, I think, right? The Pat Tillman story? I think that was out in the movie theaters maybe. Uh, I never three... even knew that. Uh, they should have. I didn't know oh, that yeah. they had a movie, though. Coach. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's been out three, four months out of there. His brother was one of the uh, production uh, producers behind the scenes for that particular movie. They were doing the circuit a couple of months ago, but uh, it should be on the television circuit i think it was out in the movie theaters i forget the name of that particular title it's called the tillman story yeah and it's a documentary okay 
Okay. Oh, that's much better. That's a documentary would be better than uh Did they pay a marketing firm a millions of dollars to come up with the title of that movie? Probably. <laughs> the Tillman it's not stars. About, it's not about Peanut Charles Tillman, right? No. Okay, good. <laughs> that's another documentary. It's much smaller in nature. Uh, I still like, um, what was it, NBC when they changed from the Peacock to their current logo? Long time ago. What, 20, 25 years ago? And they paid, you know, the, the number one advertising marketing firm in the world. You remember this, Big Dog? Yes. To yes, come up with the brand new logo. I mean, the Peacock, when that was, you know, channel NBC. That was such a an icon. They really had to come up with something creative. And finally, they came out with the logo after millions and millions of dollars of research and advertising money. And it turned out that exact same logo had already been used. What was it, like an Omaha or something? <laughs> yeah. so. So much for the multi-million dollar advertising firm. Hey, real quick, can I add something to the uh, coach's hit list, Big Dog? Oh, please, please, always. 888-463-6748. Phone lines open. Coach and the Big Dog talking sports and more. Today it's uh, more than actual uh, sports. But uh, this is the coach's hit list, different things that keep that. uh, None of these things are major things, just little things that need to be changed. You've heard me talk about some of the ones before. Uh, I'll throw some out you just to set the tempo for the fans out there. Uh, This I I witnessed in a winter parade this past weekend, but throwing candy off parades, little town parades. Uh Uh-huh. You know, so so the kids are all out there now. Instead of watching the band and watching the parade, all they're worried about is getting candy. Meanwhile, they're jumping in front of cars and motorcycles. And by the way, in the parade, what are the, the Shriners that drive those weird cars? What are they called? You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? The cars that are built low to the ground. And the Shriners the are go, going in circles, practically running over people. I, yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah, know those did. things had a formal name. I just yeah. yeah. But those people, they're going to injure somebody somehow, somewhere, someday. And it's probably somebody loaded to the ground like a children, a child yeah, that's exactly. trying to pick some candy up. Exactly. They're showing off, and uh, they almost wiped out about uh, half a dozen kids age six or under. But anyhow, throwing candy off parade, an example of the coach's hit list. Um, year in review Christmas cards. I'll mention that one because it's coming up. The ones that oh, don't oh, just. I, I've been thinking about doing that to all my friends who send me. Yeah. And they basically like, <laughs> on October 27th, it was a spectacular yeah. day. Yeah. No, no, I'm thinking about doing it and just making it up. And like, actually, no, send in my real one. Yeah. Send in my real one. Yeah. Just being like, oh, yeah, on June 27th, I went with my boys to Rigby Field. We got so wasted that I tripped and I fell into the park and I almost fractured a cheekbone and I couldn't leave the house for two weeks. Uh-huh. But luckily, I had two girlfriends at the time and they took alternating days coming over to heal me. <laughs> but they didn't know about it. Yeah. Make it, make it a little just of it. That would be fully appreciated. It's the people who do it for real. <laughs> And send you there, you know, all the highlights of what the kids are doing. Stop it on the coach's hit list. Oh, uh, and then, and then, oh, the trip to Great America was great because I scored some good green beforehand. <laughs> Luckily, when the cop right. pulled me over, he didn't search the car. You know, I mean, something like that would be pretty fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we get the idea. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you send that one to me. I might get a kick out of that one. Sorry, uh, my eyes aren't open in the picture, but. Never mind. Just you a get, couple yeah, of others on the list. Ice cream slash candy concoctions. Now, when you go to the ice cream store for the milkshake, instead of getting your regular milkshake, now the kids have to throw like jujubes and a couple of candy bars. Jujubes in with the, inside of ice cream. Oh, no, they don't disgusting. do that, coach. But you know what I'm doing? Well, my kids do. 
jujubes inside the ice cream. You get a choice of a couple of different candies mixed up in the milkshake. I forget what the heck they call it, but everybody knows what jujubes are disgusting. I know that. Well, they're called different things at different places. Like they're the McFlurry at uh, McDonald's. The Blizzard at Dairy Queen. Yeah, but you go into a Baskin and Robbins, and the kids, instead of ordering their flavors for a milkshake, they order the flavor, but also you throw in a couple of your candy concoctions, and they blend it all together. It's just disgusting. Hey, coach, coach, you got to quit whining. David, this is a guy that all he talks about is Dippin' Dots, Dippin' Dots. It's ice cream with a bunch of candy in it. I love Dippin' Dots. So they're, so they're what? Uh, by the way, this has been going on for years, and there's nothing better than take a little vanilla and then take it. Like a Heath bar and grinding it up and yeah. do it all. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, you know, I, I agree. Phenomenal. I'm a big fan of the Blizzard. I mean, I don't do Jujubes or anything, but mm-hmm. all right. Oreos, Reese's Pieces. Sorry, it's like on that. the coach's head. M&M's. Another one, by the way, we don't have time to comment on it here, but is, uh, and I've got this one written down, uh, in marriage where one partner, in order for the marriage to go through, makes the other spouse or partner change their religion. You know, if, if you want to get married, Get married. You can talk about how you're going to raise your kids, but don't insist that if we're going to get married, you have to, uh, you know, go over to the Jewish religion. No, that's not fair to the other person. Well, you're, no, well, it, you know, marriage is about no. compromise, coach, and somebody that's been married as long as you should realize that. Yeah, I understand that, but but you I, don't I think compromise. The Jews you don't, have it right, though. The what? Jews have it right. It's up to if you're a Jewish man and you decide to marry a Christian girl. First yeah. of all, your mom disowns you. But second of all. You end up being it's, it's it's there's no compromise. It's not like you force the kids are automatically Christian. So I mean I think the Jews got it right. It's funny that you say that because well, and but uh, everybody ki- the, else the kids you know the kids you can discuss, but don't make the other spouse have to change their religion just to be able to get married. Very quickly, the one that so I want to add to it, I went to you make one Christian, you make one Jew a uh, Jewish, and so like the Jewish kid ends up being a lawyer. And the Christian kid doesn't be a police officer. Uh, we got 15 seconds left. The new one that I want to add to the list is I went to a brand new library in Glenview, which we really didn't need, but that's a whole other story. In the what kids' the section and the teenage section, they've got tons of videos and movie CDs. This is the library. Books. It's a rare trip to the library. Don't put videos of movie CDs in the library. The kids are inundated with these things. You can get them in the library on a rare, rare moment in time. There should not be videos or CDs in the library. Thank you very much. All right. Big Dog, we'll see you tomorrow? Yes, I'll see you tomorrow, Coach. God bless you, my friend. Have a great day. Thanks for listening, everybody. TalkZone.com. Two guys and a mic.